Chapter Thirty Two of Zophlia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Zophlia by Charlotte Dacker. Chapter Thirty Two about noon the following day the wretched laurina who had not during the night nor till the present period uttered aught but incoherent exclamations appearing wholly unconscious and insensible to surrounding objects opened her dim eyes they fell first upon the countenance of victoria who happened to be standing near her she gazed for a few moments by degrees weakened memory resumed its power she identified her daughter and faintly shrieked she passed her feeble hand over her eyes then raised it trembling to heaven and extended it towards victoria daughter beloved daughter in broken accents she said by what chance do i behold thee but no matter i have not time to ask forgive forgive me victoria answered not neither did she extend her hand but the soul of leonardo was more noble he likewise stood beside the deathbed of his mother though she knew him not he bent over her and took her feeble hand which had sunk again upon her miserable couch mother he cried glancing angrily towards the cruel victoria mother dost thou forget thy son leonardo the wretched parent turned upon him her heavy eyes nature spoke resistless in her bosom and in the strong marked features the muscular figure of the chief of a banditti she recognized the once delicate and blooming boy that she had nurtured in her bosom and an anguished sigh convulsed her heart oh god she murmured can this be and dost thou pardon me say dost thou whom i deserted and abandoned mother as i love and pardon thee may heaven look down and speak peace to thy soul o my leonardo thy nature was ever noble raise me in thy arms beloved injured son raise me in thy arms if if thou dreadest not pollution she added shuddering violently the cavern at this time contained only victoria and leonardo at the further end blazed a bright wood fire but still it served not wholly to reveal its gloomy expanse to the dim sight of the expiring laurina near her abject couch upon a fragment of stone serving for a table burned a lamp 
which shed its red rays full upon the objects near her and partially revealed the rude horrors by which her last moments were encompassed here plumed hats here stilettos swords and other instruments of murder hung around and there the spoils of the slain were scattered in lawless profusion the body of the murdered ardolph had been removed and cast perhaps marking no other burial down some measureless abscess but his unwashed blood still dyed in a dark red stream the flinty ground while his garments crimsoned over and pierced in unnumbered holes by the fierce dagger of the avenging leonardo remained awful mementos scattered near upon such a scene of massacre and confusion leonardo in her last moments raised his mother in his arms she gazed wildly rounds but at this fearful moment thoughts of higher import appeared to possess her soul her eyes reverted again towards her daughter who remained still standing beside her with folded arms and the stern countenance of a relentless fiend daughter in a hollow voice cried the dying mother clasping the weak hand which she could just move over that which was handed and incapable of motion daughter thy dying mother prays to thee for pardon ah look not so unkindly upon her unbend those stern features let me not enter the presence of offended god unpitied unforgiven by thee daughter i say o victoria a deep and shuddering sigh interrupted further utterance and she remained gasping in the arms of leonardo speak speak to thy poor mother victoria cried the superior soul leonardo hast thou been in thine own conduct all so faultless and so pure that thou shouldst deny to thy mother the assurance of love and pardon in an hour like this huh ha that is the very point exclaimed victoria with a wild frightful laugh that which i have been my mother made me mother she pursued addressing the anguished larina what didst thou desert thy children to follow the seducer who hath justly rewarded thee tis thou who has caused my ruin on thy head therefore will my sins be numbered can i oh can i reflect upon my deeds of horror without arranging thee as the primary cause thou toughest me to give the reins to lawless passion 
or that i dishonoured my husband caused the death of his brother and murdered a defenceless orphan for these crimes all all say rising out of my example i am now a despised exile in the midst of robbers of robbers of whom the noble son who supports thee in his arms is chief for this infamous abandoned girl exclaimed leonardo palsied by thy tongue canst thou wretch without one contemptuous pang shrew with sharp thorns the dying pillow of thy mother kneel monster of barbarity kneel and solicit heaven and her for pardon the fierce countenance of victoria relaxed into a smile of contempt and she remained immovable lorena still gasped in the arms of her son convulsive shudderings seized her shattered frame her eyes fixed on leonardo beheld his noble features irradiated with vile love and tenderness in the agony of approaching death she could only grasp his hand but the grasp spoke eloquent to his heart the anguished gratitude which filled her own once more she turned her pious looks upon victoria who unfeelingly regarded her pale countenance rendered doubly pallid by the blood-stained bandage which bound her wounded forehead but spoke not excess of agony pressed upon the burning brain of the wretched mother the pulsation of her breaking heart increased to violence then it nearly ceased the film of death crept over her eyes cold damps bedewed her brows and in accents scarcely articulate she murmured terrible yet just god o oh, pardon pardon mercy the last word quivered on her lips violent and universal convulsion seized for a moment her frame it was the last struggle of life with death the struggle ended life became extinct forever when leonardo could no longer doubt that his mother had expired he reclined her gently upon the rugged pillow now no longer uneasy to the departed sufferer and kneeling beside her corpse pressed her cold hand to his lips and bedewed it with the heart-wrung tears of bitterest anguish fool exclaimed victoria from the opposite side of the couch how canst thou weakly lament over the death of one who hath made thee what thou now art the vile chief of a band of robbers let the noble chief weep them well he may when he remembers that instead of being thus distinguished he should have figured the highest noble man in venice base obdurate heritage wretch replied leonardo with dignity 
the vile chief of a band of robbers can lament at once over the errors and over the miserable fate of a misguided mother deeply too deeply by the death-bed thou hast given her independently of the punishment her errors have received hath she expiated the wretched delusion of the moment nor wholly on her abandoned girl dare to affix thy guilt and crimes far far beyond what her example ever taught thee no victoria thy base mind was naturally evil a mother's example might have checked thy depravity but could never have rendered thee virtuous but for her gloomily returned victoria the accursed pleasures of illicit love would never have tempted me to sin she first corrupted and allured my mind her example opened wide the flood-gates of passion in my soul from its resistless turbulence bearing down all before it first came my crimes if crimes they are and but who art thou that presumes to reproach me why do i reply to thee didst thou not attempt to murder in his sleep the man who never injured thee didst thou not spill the blood of thy sister didst thou not forsake thy broken-hearted father and art thou not now an outcast of society a lawless captain of bandetti lurking amid dreary mountains to seize as he passes the unwary traveller to despoil him of his all perhaps to kill no doubt many a precipice among these solitudes safe but for thee and the horde hath received the frequent course of the defenceless butchered victim no doubt babbling and aggravating fiend provoke me no further cried the outraged leonardo starting on his feet the horrible victoria burst into a loud laugh and flew to the extremity of the cavern leonardo's blood boiled in his veins but he cast his eyes upon his mother's corpse her livid features which still wore the cast of anguish appealed to his heart they seemed to say at such a moment forbear a sacred sentiment pervaded his bosom by a powerful effort conquering his indignation he wreaked no merited vengeance upon a wretch that he remembered was his sister but turning hastily away he cast himself across the couch of his mother and covered his face with his hands at this juncture the figure of zofloya presented itself to victoria at the entrance of the cavern he was unperceived by leonardo and beckoned to her with his finger she flew joyfully towards him 
the moor received her with a smile but strange meaning appeared on his features and he pressed his finger on his lip to enjoin her silence victoria spoke not for to zephlia she was all yielding and obedience he gently took her arm and led her from the cavern they proceeded in silence till they gained the mountain when zophia desiring her to be seated on a rugged projection and taking his station beside her spoke thus victoria thy brother hath offended thee but ere long thy revenge will be complete dost thou remember the bravo that he struck last night ginotti by name i stood beside him i remember him well answered victoria i stood beside him didst thou mark i did bitter hate and thirst of vengeance instantly filled his bosom against thy brother at the first streak of dawn he stole from the cavern sleep had not closed his eyes during the night he went forth with the resolution of hurling destruction upon the head of his chief and rather than not sacrifice him to his vengeance implicate the whole of his associates ere now he hath given information to the government of turin and betrayed the caverned recess deemed without clue impenetrable at an early hour on the morrow savoy's duke will have dispatched a considerable force to mount senes the avenue from the cavern will be surrounded and for those within there will be no escape thy brother will fall perhaps the first and and what will be my fate eagerly inquired victoria with her usual regard for self must i fall likewise zophia have i forsaken thee yet sternly inquired the moor return without fear to the cavern even were the troops already within its walls i would rescue thee but wherefore return zophia i will it so replied the moor in a loud voice learn to rely upon me even in the heart of danger now let us converse no more he added in a softened voice upon this subject victoria durst not reply they continued wandering for a short time among the mountains zophia then caused her to return to the cavern but to her infinite dismay did not himself follow at the usual hour still without having seen him she was compelled to retire to repose indifferent respecting the fate of others but tormented with selfish terrors for her own end of chapter thirty two recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c